Global supply chain and logistics industry leaders gather, connect, and exchange ideas at IHS Market's annual TPM conference organized by the JOC. In our new podcast series, Beyond TPM, we keep those conversations going, taking a deep dive into critical, rapidly evolving topics and the insights uncovered this year at TPM 21. I'm Alessandra Barrett, the JOC's Senior Editor for Special Projects. Today I'm speaking with Dan Breslin, Vice President of Intermodal at CN Rail. Thanks for joining me today, Dan. Thanks for the time. Look forward to it. I'm going to start with a question that we ask everyone these days when we haven't seen them in a while. However, given that the pandemic's impact has been so individual, I still think it's an important place to start. Much has changed since we first heard about COVID, but what does that look like for your day-to-day business? Yeah, it definitely has changed. Um, We've seen, you know, we've gone from a time where there was a pandemic going on in in, in Asia, so the imports were not being produced to a point where when they did come back, they were being produced and shipped, and we were going through our own pandemic here and created quite a surge, and the surge is created in you know, it's been captured well in, in many of periodicals, including your own. So we're sitting right now at a, at a very strong economy with an incredibly strong amount of imports trying to come through the gateways. For us, in order to navigate through this better, we've gone with a deeper connection with the beneficial cargo owners. We spent a lot of time, you know, with our gateways wherever we're going, especially to the U.S., to the Midwest and our Canadian partners to make sure that, you know, we're talking to them about what issues they're facing, trying to come with creative solutions to their problems, and furthermore, just understanding what's happening with their business so that we can be there to support them a little bit better. So, you know, I'll give an example. There's a lot of goods that are coming through the gateways, and I I think a lot of it is whether it's panic buying because you don't know whether you're going to be able to get that product in time. You know, you want to make sure your shelves are ready to go when the stores are opening up. And so we're working closely with a lot of our large BCOs that go into the U.S. Midwest and trying to talk to them about what are they going to do with goods that maybe they don't need right away. Can we provide some offsite solutions? Can we do some different things that way? So, I mean, we're really working hard with the BCO to better understand what they're doing, why they're ordering the way they're ordering, and how we can do a better job of providing them the service they need. Anything specific you can point to that these conversations are revealing, say something that sparked a new prioritization, or even just more broadly, what are they revealing about the path forward? Well, I mean, I think it's obvious that technology and digital connectivity is growing at the fastest pace ever. I think deployment of supply chain technology that follows the box from origin to destination is Obviously, where we're going to be going, you've got the ocean carriers deploying more of their uh, versions of their products in order to manage the supply chain. We need to connect together. So, you know, you take a a trade lens platform and, and, and participation in that is going to be big for the future. We've got our own digital connectivity right from internally where we're being able to meet like we are, you know, today through Zoom or Teams. You know, we've got evolutions of API, blockchain, as I mentioned, interactive mobile apps. You know, being paperless and touchless, gate technologies at the terminals, you know, all these requirements are going to become the norm and are going to be how you stay competitive as we move forward here. You know, the other thing is being able to 
manage your capacity so that you can stay fluid. And I say that because, you know, we're usually speaking from more of an international type view, but we have a very large domestic program as well. And, and there's a lot of medical products that are coming in those containers. There's food going to stores. So we have to make sure we stay as fluid as possible to deliver on that promise we make to our domestic customers as well. So maintaining fluidity has been our biggest goal here through the entire pandemic. You mentioned, of course, the import boom that we're in the middle of and across the supply chain, stakeholders are facing capacity-related challenges. What are you seeing as the intermodal role at this moment? Where do you see the potential to streamline, to create this fluidity and improve the situation for the ocean carrier and shipper partners? I think maintaining fluidity has been the most important thing, as I just mentioned. I think connecting with the BCO to understand their supply chains. I mean, let's face it, we're pleased that our customers are enjoying a strong year and we are putting a lot of pressure on them to make sure that their forecasts are accurate and we understand what's coming. But we also know that we're going through a time where, you know, vessel integrity is under strain, that every single vessel in the world that's in service, that can be in service, is in service. And we know that there's a huge uh, global push on goods being moved. So, I mean, really staying close to our ocean carrier customer partners on their forecasting, what they want to do, where their ships are, understanding where their ships are so that we can have a better forecast of what's coming at us. We did a really good job of making sure that we did not choke the gateway, for lack of a better word, by working with our customers on capacity commitment plans so that, you know, we didn't want to get flooded by too many extra vessels that were coming in at the beginning of the pandemic. And we wanted to make sure that when the ships got to the port, we were able to provide a service that was something you could set your watch to. And right from the dwell at the terminal to the inland transit time, that it was something that we could provide to the customers, a really strong service. I think the biggest thing now is, you know, CN is really blessed with solid geography. We have connections at all ports in Canada for intermodal, whether it's Halifax, St. John, Montreal, Prince Rupert, Vancouver, but we also have a a great network down in the port of New Orleans in Mobile. What we're seeing is, is these gateways that aren't the traditional West Coast gateways are growing rapidly. So we're really working hard with our customers to find ways to move more cargo through lesser used gateways. And we're seeing some fantastic growth from the Gulf and from Halifax into the U.S. Midwest. What are your thoughts on overall intermodal growth looking ahead into 2022 and the next few years? What are you expecting? I think I see what many of the prognosticators have seen. I mean, it's going to be strong. I mean, volume is strong. I've had, you know, many large BCOs who we've connected with have said that they're still struggling with imports that are rolling on the dock in Asia. I don't see any let up on the demand until maybe Q2 of next year. And that's my view. And then at that point, there's other things that can happen in the supply chain that could make that even go into Q3. So I see strong for two years. I mean, I think the economy is going to stay strong. You know, let's face it. I think there was a sizable portion of the population that were hit pretty hard by COVID and my heart goes out to them. But there was also a lot of folks who were lucky enough to stay gainfully employed. There wasn't much to do. So they saved their money. 
And now they're looking for things to do, whether it's travel or renovations or anything like that. So I think that we're heading into a strong economy for a few years, and I think things will continue to stay strong through this. And maybe next year it only grows three or 4%, but three or 4% on top of what we're doing is big. So I, I'm really predicting that things will continue to stay strong. Before we close, I'd like to ask a more personal question. When you look back on what has been definitely a major lesson in disruption, greater than any other, I'd say, we've encountered in our careers. Yeah. How has it changed your outlook on business and on our industry? I think that we are going to enter into a new way that we work with our employees. I have been extremely happy with how my team and, and our team has worked from home and have been productive and stayed engaged and did a really, really good job. So I'm incredibly happy with that. I think from our side as, as leaders going through this time, you connected better. I didn't travel at all. So I had time to connect with all of my reports and my team, everyone. And, you know, you focus a little more on the mental health aspects of the business. And I really enjoyed connecting on a different level with, with the team. So from that, there's blessings in all of this as a leader. So I'm quite happy with my team and how they, and, and, and going forward, I, it's going to be very hard to rally everyone to come back into the office. So we have entered a, a whole new world of connectivity. And I think tools like Zoom and Teams have done a great job. So that's the internal side. On the business side, I think that you guys at JOC always have Lawrence Jensen speak from time to time. I think he's very good at how he, he lays things out. I think we're in a time now where you know the business is going to be stable. I think the ocean carriers are doing quite well, as we all know. And I think we're going to pivot to more partnership-type relationships in the future, and we're going to evolve away from the days when the ocean rates were so low that they were fighting to survive. And, and really, a lot of the negotiations came down to a spreadsheet and a, and a rate on a spreadsheet. I really believe that partnerships, working together, ocean carrier, port operator, and railroad, I think are going to be the way that we can help our customers win in their markets is providing the service and really connecting on what our beneficial cargo owners what the NVOCCs ask for in terms of a product. So to me, I think we've entered into a world where digital connectivity and partnerships, I think, are going to be important, at least for the next two or three years. It's been wonderful to chat again, Dan. Always interesting to get your thoughts. Thanks for joining me. Thank you very much. Beyond TPM is a production of the JOC, part of the Maritime and Trade Division of IHS Market. For more news, analysis, and business intelligence for all things shipping and logistics, visit JOC.com and follow us on social media.